2: it is huge. To the match reaction, Merseyside derby. Everton one, Liverpool four. Everton absolutely levered by the Reds. I think what well, a lot was expected, a lot was dreaded, and our worst fears came to manifest. The Reds singing Rapper his name. Everton very much in a relegation battle. They are on the charge. Mark Mosey, Keith Tomlin, Matt Flusk joining me tonight. Um,
0: Matt, I'll come to you first. That was bad as it gets, that isn't it? It is and the worst thing is I can't think of a single Evertonian that didn't predict it and I can't think of a single Evertonian that is surprised and that result tonight for me it's not even a Merseyside Derby loss it's it's game eight it's eight games without a win it's two points in eight games two points out of 24 and it's hard to know how we could go down from here how we could get worse because this is rock bottom. Keith, how are you feeling immediately after that, mate?
3: I'm just. I'm, honestly, I'm just done with them. I mean, I, I say I assist them out on the way back. I, I won't. I can't go back. I can't go back and watch another minute of that while Everton in this state. They just. It's horrible. Do you know what I mean? We, we give up so much of our lives, so much of our money for this football club, and. For what? 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 It, genuinely, what is the point? What are we getting from it? What? Like, we had a, we had an absolute belting time before the game. It was a laugh. It was a proper laugh. But then you got to sit through two hours of that. It's horrible. I I can't do it anymore. Just I'm done with them.
1: And don't forget, of course, that you're not allowed to have a go at the effort or intensity of the players. That is not allowed, according to Rafael Benitez. After they come like the to, game to me, Sunday. then I was
2: like, "No, no that's fine. Just like the as much you
1: want tonight." No, no. That, I mean, that was the rhetoric after the game on Sunday, wasn't it? But I think the lads have obviously hit the nail on the head in that. I think what what we saw tonight, every, every kick of it, every complaint I have about individual players, about tactics, about the manager. Everton as a club have asked for that two hours. We, we've begged for that to happen with our actions in the last, I mean, I was going to say two to three years, but you could go way beyond that as well. It's this this is. It's not the worst Everton I've ever known because we, we all grew up watching this football team in the 90s, but this is currently the biggest waste of time that this football club has ever had, be it in terms of the board, the, the players that we refuse to to replace, and we'll obviously go on to talk about one in particular that led to Liverpool's third goal tonight, the manager, who is, is a glorified interim, whether you think that it was a sensible, pragmatic appointment or not, it's not going to work, it was never going to work at the start, and at 60 minutes when Liverpool fans are smashing us at Goodison Park singing his name it's not going to work then and it's not going to work in a few weeks time when we're still 13th or 14th in the Premier League going into another sorry year of Everton and and unfortunately that is just the reality unless we want to create a major overhaul a major change and Unless minor things like we've heard tonight happen where the board starts to get a little bit of stick, the manager clearly gets the stick that every football manager will be accustomed to, but the, we, are, we are so far off. This isn't about dropping you right back. This isn't about changing your manager and, and giving it dunk till the end of the season. It's, it's way bigger and way more drastic than that. Just, just sort of,
2: before we get on to big picture, Matt, which I imagine there's going to be a lot of it, uh, on the game itself, you know, the atmosphere was, was great before kick-off, as Keith said, you know, people were out in the booths, having a good time. Looking forward to the first side derby, in a way, a little bit oiled up after, you know, lockdown and all, and all that kind of thing. Um, but Everton got utterly levered in those first 10 minutes. I know Liverpool scored after, I think it was about uh, 15 in the end, but they got the, the next one on about 20.
0: But in those first 10 minutes... It could have been four or five nil down on its own. Yeah, I don't even think it was as late as 15. Um, they came flying out the traps, and I've been saying all week that every major derby since Jurgen Klopp took over to Liverpool has turned into a brawl. He's told his players to go out, keep it tight, you know, get dirty tackles in, just shut down the game, get a point, three if you think you can get it. That wasn't the case tonight. He saw blood, he smelled blood, and he just sent them out there to play us off the park. And that's what they did from the first minute. I mean, th- those, first,
2: those first 20 minutes, Keith. Um, you know, the atmosphere was up, tackles were being cheered, Everton doing anything positive was being cheered. But from, from, the, I mean, from Henderson's goal onwards, it was sort of inevitable, wasn't it? Like, e- even when we got that goal back I mean, before in our time with mean, Damari Gray in there was a bit of a rise. I don't really think anyone really thought that we were back in the game and we were capable of turning it around.
3: Let's be honest, mate, right? During those 10 minutes, even when we were making tackles and the crowd were cheering, we were chasing fucking shadows.
2: Yeah.
3: Right? They are... First thing I noticed tonight was they're first to every single second ball. Right? Every single ball that that came from a breakdown fell to a Liverpool player. And it's because they were hungrier and they wanted it more. And, I mean... I don't even know where you start with that. That should be, in every derby, that should be 50-50. Even if you're making fouls because they've got to the ball first, but they didn't, they had time to get the ball down. Bring the ball down and find a pass and pick us apart. And what the f- what is going on with an Everton team that don't want to win 50-50 challenges in a derby match?
2: It was painful watching Alan, Alan, in there tonight, wasn't it? Because... He is so sluggish and so slow. And I'd like the core, he's obviously not quite, not quite on it, yeah. Um, well, everyone, everyone pre-match said, we need three lads in there tonight against them because they've got three midfielders, they've got a centre forward that drops in, and we just got obliterated and outnumbered and outpassed and outfought in that area of the pitch all night tonight.
3: Yeah, I mean, you look at our midfield tonight, right, the Kuri, is not close to 100% yet. He's back well before he should be because we're desperate. Alan is, yeah, he'll try his best, he'll he'll put an effort in, but he runs like he's wearing fucking welding boots. Do you know what I mean? Like he's so slow to the ball, and like you said, their strikers drop in, their fullbacks push into midfield. They outnumbered us in every area of the park tonight and we just did not look like we were up for a battle any not one do you know what the only player I would say who looked like they were up for a scrap tonight and I've been one of his biggest critics is Rondon Rondon went in for 50 until he went off injured he went he threw himself into 50 50s he at least chased down he tried he put a shift in he wasn't great he's not a great footballer but he made it he put a shift in and like sometimes in a derby match that's the difference but they had 11 shots doing it, we had
1: one or two. You're not going to win that. The, the ironic thing about Rondon doing that is, I, I was probably the same as you, Keith, in that I, I could at least appreciate that the only thing that he had to offer was just the physical running. And yeah. I, I found myself watching him, and it took me back to when Calvert Lewin first started in that position, and it was all very headless chicken. And it needed someone to just grab hold of him and say, "Stop, stop." He's thirty-two. But, no, no, that's it. Yeah. but it it needed someone to get hold of Cavaliere at that point and and really focus his game. And and Rondon's probably he, he's playing to the criticism that has been launched in his way in the last six or seven weeks. And the only thing that he could offer is is endless running, which eventually leads to nothing. And um, to, to go back to the point that the key started with in terms of Liverpool winning second balls and. That is clearly down to to, techni- to tactical prowess that, that they and their manager has, and, and you know that, that is why they, they win countless numbers of major domestic and international trophies. but the, the, the sheer essence of a fifty fifty ball and a fifty fifty tackle is the, in the most basic form of combat, and that you 've got an equal amount of players to, to, to do that and Matt, as soon as the, the, the lineup was announced before the game, you looked at that, that, that screen where we saw it announced and there was an enormous gulp about the fact that they were going to have three very good footballers to our two average ones. Um, and, and, and I know I, I take a little bit off Abdoulaye DeCorey there, but as you mentioned, a, a, a half arse performance against Brentford is no comeback to coming into a Merseyside derby. And it, it just seemed really naive. And I think if you're going to do something like that against Liverpool, bear in mind that we saw Southampton try and do that against Liverpool a few weeks ago and they got their arses handed to them if you're gonna do that you've got to be right up there in terms of form right up there in terms of confidence and you've got to play towards it in the game as well you've got to be pretty direct and hope that your three in behind your central striker can pick up on those on those second balls There didn't seem to be the game plan that matched the personnel and matched the formation that we've gone out there with and quite honestly it, it was just lambs to the slaughter at that point and I know that Keith mentioned that they're obviously very prolific when they get into the right areas That they're not going to miss chances Jordan Henderson there's not many midfielders there's not many holding midfielders in this league who when the ball falls to them on their weak foot on the edge of the box are aiming at just picking their spot in the net and unfortunately he is so much time though he did he did uh, and Mo Salah he could probably aim the same Mo Salah's goal, yes, comes from incredibly clinical finishing, but it also comes from the fact that Everton, again, don't pick up a second ball in the middle of the park, and Jordan Henderson's given the freedom of Goodison to pick his pass. And it, it, if you allow world class players, which to a man they pretty much all are, the time and space to, to pick their moves and pick their passes, they will punish you. And, and that's exactly what happened. and the, the, that, that was obviously the nature of the first two goals and Damari Gray gets us back into it and to be honest that the massive surprise with Damari Gray's goal for me was that it actually went in because Alisson is, Alison is absolutely not someone who gets beaten one-on-one but the turning point in the game is, is clearly at the point where on the what 55 60 minute mark the, the, the dice is about to be rolled by Everton and it, it kind of is doing so in terms of winning the corner In typical Everton fashion, we waste the corner and hit the first man and then the ball falls on the halfway line to a fella who quite clearly shouldn't be there. And and he shouldn't have been there for, for this season. He shouldn't have been there for the last three or four seasons. And everything about Seamus Coleman, he is, unfortunately... He's the personification and the epitome of everything that is wrong with this football club at the moment because we all know it. The board probably sure and it know it. Really? It is yeah. absolutely. And do you know what? It, it's it's like it's like owning a racehorse that wins the national twice and you refuse to put it out to pasture, and you you endlessly run that thing into the ground until you you hope one day that you might achieve the success that you've seen, and you you bought that horse for pennies and you're just constantly striving for it to be the glorified product that you made it years and years ago the thing needs putting down it's (laughs) (laughs) let's
3: be honest when when did Seamus Coleman win the national Seamus Coleman came fourth in like the the, the Betfred fucking challenge. Seven a national. I mean, I fully agree with Mo's. right? This is this is on the board. It's on successive managers. In that five years we've known that he was coming to the end of his time as a top-level fullback and needed a replacement. Keith, and when, he gets, got, when
2: he broke his leg, he got
3: given a five-year contract. <laughs> I mean... That was a sympathy thing, wasn't it? It was like... i was a sympathy thing. I'm sorry, I'm sorry, Euphibia's you, you in like 12 pieces. Here's some money, basically, right? We've needed to, to replace him for years and haven't done. And that's on the board, that's on the director of football, that's on the managers, one, two, three, four, fucking five... Have known that he needs replacing, and the only right back we've brought in in the last five years is fucking Sidibi on loan. Who was. Never Martinez,
2: come on. Right, don't get me started on Cuco
3: Martinez. <laughs> Martinez was money laundering for Ronald Koeman because you don't give a free agent a three year contract on 60 grand a week when he's that bad, unless you're profiting from it. Allegedly. Alleged, allegedly, <laughs> allegedly, allegedly, I am making allegations here. But yeah, he
0: made money out of that, allegedly. <laughs> Matt, yeah. Um, you, you had a bit of
2: sympathy
0: for Coleman, you say? Yeah, before. I'm sympathetic to Coleman because when that ball comes to him, it wasn't the greatest pass in the world. And let's face it, when the ball lands to him, yeah, you can say he's meant to bounce it out. But at that point of the game, we're behind. We've just had a corner. The last thing Evertonians want to see is the guy who's standing there halfway back to just put it out for a throw in. Like they want him to try and recycle it back into the box.
2: I, I, but I got Moses, I got,
0: hang on. He's mid 30s. He's mid 30s and he's next to the best player in the world. Isn't that why he should freeze it out though? Well, exactly. But the fact is, he's on the pitch because, as the gents have said, he hasn't been replaced. And I don't believe all this talk about that's the fault of the board as a broad brush thing. No, no, no. That is the fault of one man. That is the fault of the director of football whose entire remit involves succession planning. Directing football. Yeah. He's the guy who's meant to see the big picture. He's meant to see several years down the line. He's the guy who sends every single one of our backup left backs away from the club. Such that if Luca Dean gets injured, we're playing a centre-half there. If Seamus Coleman gets injured We're playing the centre half there
1: I assume that they were both injured Having watched (laughs) them for the last six
0: weeks (laughs) Exactly Like I I don't believe this whole thing This like Rough thing about Oh it's the board The board No 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 There's one board member And that's his job title And he gets paid a handsome sum To sort that out And he hasn't sorted it out He's looked at that little spreadsheet he's got of the squad and he said, yeah, that's fine. 34-year-old Seamus Coleman can run the whole right-back position by himself. That's just... A guy who's still a full international and when he's fit, starts every game for Ireland as well. He's going to get injuries. He's going to miss games. So why the hell has Marcel Brands not at least got someone there? I mean, obviously, we talk about John Joe Kenny, but... It's the worst kept secret in Ever since that John Joe Kenny's been halfway out the door for the past two years. Like he knows that Marcel Brands doesn't want him. He knows that whatever manager's in there at the moment doesn't want him. So to all intents and purposes, we got one right back. And what happens on the third goal today was the inevitable consequence of that. And I I just can't I can't crucify Seamus Coleman over it because that's exactly what you would expect yeah. a 34-year-old player to do in that situation.
1: He, he's, he's ironically the one person who's not to blame about the Seamus Coleman issue. He shot me through in there, sorry. <laughs> but he, it, it, it's bizarre that he is... He is in, in the big picture that we constantly talk about, the problem, and he is the, the picture of the problem. But he himself is not to blame for that problem. And it, 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 it's a, its a mess that could only happen at Everton. And I think, as Matt said... We're, Marcel Brands is going to be, come under increasing scrutiny and th- this is only going to intensify as soon as the transfer window opens and on the back of probably the most disappointing Everton transfer window in recent times. This one's probably the most anticipated, mainly because of, of what happened in the last window, which was nothing, but also the fact that th- this is this is bordering onto necessity as opposed to desire now. We, we absolutely need footballers if you want to be in that way of thinking we need to absolutely stay in this league and the only point where it starts dissolving the blame that you put on Marcel Brands and him being the main culprit in terms of board members who are to blame for this is to what degree is he being handcuffed and, and, and held back by other board members and, and that is it, it's the eternal question mark that hangs over the dynamic of everything about this football club Matt, me and you were asked a question after the game of who is to blame for ruining this football club? From from Rafael Benitez upwards in every single position. I, I, cu- I couldn't name you someone who is not to blame for this. And... Um, it, it, the, the only irony oh, that, that all is, of us that that's, that's not an exaggeration is it, it no, is no, literally everybody I, I, I honestly couldn't tell you be it the manager chief scout director of football owner CEO president whatever he is Bill Kenwright I'm not overly sure but do this, do every single <laughs> every single person in there has to share this blame and the, the problem is that there, there isn't this one defining character that we can all look at now and say I I want you to take control, I want your vision to be how this football club has taken forward and, and the reason why we've all defended Marcel Brands to this point is that we all like the idea of Marcel Brands the idea of having a director of football who is in charge of your personnel he's in charge of your playing style he's in charge even of the manager that comes in we, we all love that that European philosophy that Everton are ready to adopt but we, we in classic Everton style have managed to not only ruin that but the investment the Farhad Mashiri has put in to it. and I haven't simply got enough fingers to point in anyone's direction of blame anymore
0: I'll,
3: um, I'll I'll stand up for Marcel Brands a wee bit here in that like yeah he's he's,
0: he's
3: not been brilliant he's not been like exemplary in what he's doing but how much is he being allowed to do his job yeah. in that we all know he didn't He didn't want Benitez in in the summer. Benitez was not his choice of manager, right? That was was imposed on him. To a large degree, I don't believe, apart from Marco Silva, I don't believe any of the managers have been his choice, right? He's... Yeah, he's not done great. We We have brought... We have brought some sensible signings in across the board. Not, we've not done brilliantly with signings, but we have brought some sensible, decent signings in across the board, which probably evens itself out against bad signings that we've made under his reign. And I think we're largely still ham- hamstrung by years of incompetence before he came in. Where Martinez and then Cumin and Walsh were allowed to spend money like for fucking fun.
2: And this is his fourth season though, Keith. He's been here. This is his fourth year in charge of Everton's directing of football. It, um, it is.
3: It yeah, it is right. How many of those players were signed on five-year contracts before he came in?
1: The problem is now people talk about. I don't know why this is an acceptable thing at Everton, but we talk about. Human players Mishiri players Walsh players Brands players Benitez players who the fuck is in charge of there's absolutely no accountability is there that should be his job that is what yeah Yeah, I mean every single player unfortunately whether it's cruel or not if if a player doesn't perform the, the performance of every single Everton player that comes into this club in the last four years and going forward should fall on his head because that is his job. That is his job to dictate. I, I get that dictating how the football team plays on a week-in, week-out basis is always going to fall into the manager's hands. Otherwise, there simply wouldn't be a football club manager. But the the overall style and in particular the personnel that represent this football team that is his job you can talk about him being the glorified scout well th- th- that's what a scout's job is and and it kind of is his job at the moment because it- it's it's I don't even know if he, if he is though like how? what players has he signed for what, Everton in recent, if Robson wasn't at Everton at the moment would, would it look would it feel or would it be any different in any way no. what, he's a, it, what he does is it's a bastardised version
2: of the role because he doesn't really seem to have autonomy over the players that come in and I know what you're saying about the manager and the style and how managers always have different styles but there's got, there's got to be some alignment there he, he chooses that
1: but yeah. if, you're, if, yeah.
2: you, if, you're, if you're a director of football of yeah, a football club and you're bringing in players you've got to bring in players that suit a certain brand of football yeah. from a certain manager well, look at the managers we've had down the years we've had, we've had Silva we've had Allardyce we've had Coomer, we've had Angelotti and now we're on Benitez you know, it's a
3: different kind of manager it's, it's yeah
2: it's absolutely
3: ridiculous how, how do you pick a player for a manager when you know they're not going to be at Everton for longer than 18 months and,
1: that, and right.
3: that's, that's the problem with Rafael Benitez that's that he, he's, he's a glorified interim oh yeah 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 Benitez will be gone Benitez will last this season at the longest yeah right he's not going to be here beyond next summer surely right this is where I have sympathy for brands in that like it's not like a European club where you've got you you get given like a, a a job remit to say right over the next five years this is your head coach you need to bring in players for this guy. And make it work, right? Everton's the sacking
0: managers, fucking hand well, over fist. Why is that way round? Why right. does the director of football have to make it work for the head coach? Why aren't they hiring a the head coach to match the director of football's ideas? Well, that's that's on machiri Why 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 is he brought in Benitez as? Why does he... to five different managers yeah. of different styles? It's, me, it's all over the place for me the first point of blame lands at
3: ben- uh, uh, machiri yeah. because since he's come in he's overseen a disastrous reign of appointments not a single manager that's come in in machiri's range has succeeded at Everton right the last successful season Everton had was the first season of Martinez and that was the year before Mashiri uh, came in. Maybe the first year of Cuba. Oh, yeah. No. <laughs> so fini- so cool. fini- Where we finished seventh in a bang average league with a good squad. With the best striker in the country. The best striker who then got off. Right? Nah, every single manager that's come in under Machiri has failed, right? Oh, is so For me, yeah. Machiri, is, Machiri is the biggest fucking problem with Everton Football Club. Yeah. And it starts at the top, right? I'm not saying it's the only problem, because they are fucking, right, we are rotten to the core. Basically, if we were a ship, right, you could change the name, you could paint the outside, you could give us fancy sales every fucking year we will sink because the woodwork is rotten right that is Everton football club right now right how do you change that how do you have a complete overhaul of a football club when it's rotten from top to bottom I don't know like genuinely I don't know I don't know what the I don't know what the answer is. Well, it's got to come from machinery, hasn't it? At some beyond. But will it come from him? What's I mean, we've we've tried throwing money at it; it doesn't work. We've tried foreign foreign appointments. We've tried domestic appointments. None of them have worked. What do you fucking do at this point beyond a massive fucking tank of petrol
0: and a box of matches? <laughs> <laughs> right. Tangents. Do you know who's come out of this very well? Stan (laughs) Krenker. because for years Mashiri and Usmanov wanted a say in how Arsenal was run and he was like no, 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 no and all the Arsenal fans were kicking off like no, no don't be ridiculous let them in let them in and eventually he saw them off I know, um, actually. Yeah? <laughs>
2: Maybe we want to fancy a bit of that anymore. I mean, Arsenal have
0: been a basket case for a couple of years now, but could you imagine if mourinho has got his hands on them? Jesus Christ. Fuck, mate, it's
3: bad when we're, fucking pit- when, when we're looking at Arsenal with fucking jealous eyes. This is a terrible state of affairs. Just, just um, I, on, I, I honestly, right, at this point, I, I don't even know what you do.
1: Give it until the end
3: of the season, <laughs> <laughs> right? I genuinely think at this stage, right, we've got what six weeks until the transfer window, less four Rather weeks. Than that
2: yeah, yeah? Four four, yeah. four
3: weeks to the transfer around, window. In that period, we've got oh, what six yeah. games, right, against decent teams and good teams in this league, right?
2: We
3: got Newcastle to turn Everton's season around. If you're going to get anything successful out of this season. You sack him tonight He's got to go Because he's not He is not going to get anything out of this club Right It's never going to work It's not going to work The fans Didn't want him But accepted him To a large degree And it hasn't worked If you
0: don't think A Rafa Benitez managed Everton Is losing to Newcastle United On live broadcast television You are not paying attention The first
2: win of the season
0: You are not
2: paying attention
3: (laughs) Let's be honest right He's fucking insipid so, you've got you've got four weeks at this point, right? Sack him tonight. I hate to do the whole cringy or oh, give it such and such, but say it, say it,
1: say
2: give it. for say
3: the it. sake of a couple of weeks, put Ferguson in charge. I didn't right?
2: do
3: it. <laughs> Look what happened. Look what happened after. Who, who did we be sack last time when...
0: Marco Silva. It was Silva, it was silver, Levern, wasn't it? Yeah. It was Silva. It was not two years ago. It was Silva. Fucking hell. It wasn't right. even two years ago. That was after the Derby Levin as well. Genuinely, yeah.
3: genuinely, right? Literally less than two years ago. Give him four weeks, right? Get through these games. Go for the whole fucking bottled thunder thing that he does. Because it's great fun, and right? And we need fucking points. right? Points. Get him like, to fucking hug a ball boy. Wins. Get him to Please hug a ball wins. boy. That'll do, right? For four weeks, and spend those four weeks, fucking think long and hard. Not about the next six months. I'm very sorry, right? The table next to us in the pub are fucking howling at this, right? (laughs) This absolute fucking post-mortem of Everton Football Club, right?
0: This, this take scola, those four weeks... Lives
3: to the Ta- take those four weeks, right, while he's in charge and giving it the bottle thunder and the fucking hugging ball boys, wearing, Har- wearing Howard Kendall's watch with his, fucking, <laughs> with his fucking sweaty wristband, right? Tell him to send videos to as many fucking haphazard school kids as possible, right? In those four weeks. Spend those four weeks, right... Brands and Machiri and Ken Wright and Baxendale, and get yourselves in a on fucking. The way, don't forget on the Get yourselves in a room and think seriously about what Everton Football Club need to do to improve over the next five years. Because I can't keep fucking doing this. Honestly, I'm gonna die of a heart attack before I'm forty years old, watching this fucking club, right? Because it is fucking painful. Figure out a direction for the future and fucking stick to it. Oh
2: my god! I I didn't think I'd be in tears laughing those after this. After this,
1: but fuck off! Fuck off after me to talk after that. (laughs) Oh my god! Oh my god! Um, Yeah, it's hard to it's hard to really know where to go after after so much of the last three hours. Um, But yeah, I mean Arsenal on Monday. <laughs>
2: uh, oh my God!
1: it's not even the Well, week. I
2: mean, just just
1: just to finish up, uh, the manager's going to be in a lot of
2: focus. Oh me, yeah, um, it's just not going to work. This is it. No, I mean, we we all we all sort of pretend that it might work for a bit, yeah, and thought it might go alright, and you know, try to
1: uh, assume he was quite a good manager, for, yeah. but it's just not going to happen, is it? No, no, unfortunately, no. Um, we we spoke about this on the kickabout in the week and said that it, this is this is essentially like watching your team get battered ironically as we talked about it tonight after 25 minutes and you know that everything is going wrong and it would it would be nothing short of a miracle in order to turn it round, and you're afraid of making the brave and obvious decision to change things up so that it doesn't get any worse And, and that is that is unfortunately where we're at and the, it, it, it doesn't sit well with Everton fans second managers endlessly and, and that might seem ridiculous to say after the last three or four years but it, 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 it still feels for me uncomfortable after having a, a tenure that we had under David Moyes that we still have this managerial merry-go-round and I think we, we have endlessly since Moyes left Crave someone who was able of coming in and creating a similar sort of length in terms of in terms of an actual meaningful dynasty at the football club. And if you if you honestly think that Rafael Benitez is going to be here for the next four to five seasons, then call me wrong and, and say that the man needs patience and the man needs time. But I I will afford someone patience and time if in my heart of hearts I think that he is the individual who is capable of progressing this team not over the course of the next six games so that he saves his job going into the new year, but so that he progresses his team into what we still hope to be. a a European title contender in the next six years. We are constantly told on the online AGMs on a year-in, year-out basis that that is the, the MO of this football club. That is what we're aiming for to get into Europe compete at the highest level. Matt, me and you went to an AGM two years ago and we were told in person at the Philharmonic that we are here to win titles. Show me anything of the last five years that alludes at any point to the fact that we have we are able of matching that level of ambition and it, 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 do you know what? It, it's fine banging it up on a powerpoints, but finding a man who is capable of coming in and running this football team from a managerial point of view, we, we've, we've spoken so much already about you know the, the wider structure of the football club and the fact that we need someone here for the next four or five years to direct us in that path Ra- Rafael, Rafael Benitez the, 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 the most I've heard the man's name at Goodison Park in the last six weeks is when the Reds were singing it at me at the park end on 50 minutes tonight. It's painful. It's tiring. It's not going to work, and it's ultimately just a waste of time for everyone involved. Yep, yeah, completely agree. Um, I made a joke when
0: he was appointed that there would be you know ups and downs, couple of good results, many bad results until he was summarily dismissed by mutual consent in November we're now in December and he's still here which is worrying for me (laughs) but and that's that's the biggest problem of it for me is that Rafa Benitez as Everton manager has been a running joke since the minute he was appointed and that's not even because he managed Liverpool it's because every job he's had since then has been a joke like He took over Real Madrid, didn't do much. He took over an all-conquering Inter Milan side and ran them into the ground within six months. He took over at Newcastle, did all right. On the very, very shallow curve that is Newcastle United pre-takeover, he kept them up. But then Steve Bruce took over from him and did a better job. But was still hated because, you know, obviously Newcastle fans all drink Terps, so can't take their opinion. But from the moment he took over as our manager, we have been a laughing stock for the whole league. The whole league. And tonight is just the pinnacle of that. Like like Mo said, their end, as everyone predicted, the moment he took over in the summer, before a ball was kicked in the season, their end singing his name, as they're absolutely playing us off the park. Like, that was always going to be the case. And... I'm not, I've never been one for calling for the manager's head early, but I just figured after Sunday, after seven games, two points, it was, you know, that was the moment to do it. To let him take charge of this match tonight with the inevitable results. I mean, if he'd been sacked and Duncan Ferguson was in charge and we got b 4-1, everyone would have gone, fair enough, club's a mess, whatever. But with him still in charge makes it eight games without a win two points in eight games which any manager in the Premier League and to be honest any manager in the top three leagues in this country would be sacked for it's just the fact that he's still in position is just an embarrassment to the club and what compounds the embarrassment is that if you look through the sports media going from Sunday night to now and probably for the next week the articles aren't going to be, it's time for Rafa Benitez to go. All the articles say Rafa Benitez is under a bit of pressure. They can't even conceive. not his fault. They can't even conceive of the idea that Everton fans might actually revolt and say, hang on a minute, like this is very embarrassing to us. They think our expectations are so low that we will tolerate this. And they're probably right. At this point, after these many years of very haphazard and s- destructive stewardship by the owner, they're probably right. Our expectations are low. Like, I- I've seen a lot of people at the start of the season, again before a ball was kicked, saying, Oh yeah, I you know, i take fifteenth, sixteenth, you know, I just take staying up. Like obviously I'm not saying we should challenge for top four, but Jesus wet, like if you're thinking I would take sixteen, fifteen, you're thinking five teams in the Premier League below you, think of all the teams who will finish above you. Like you're Southampton and Watford and like even Leicester these days and Leeds and Burnley. I mean, which of these teams are you before a ball is kicked, are you accepted is gonna finish above you after thirty eight games? It's just it's it's very very depressing. It really is, and we deserve better. I'm going to throw the Keith now, but I'm going to encourage him not to bring up his binary scale uh, at this point.
3: There, there will be no mention of the scale tonight because, like, the scale has ended. But I wouldn't even say our expectations are low. I would say our expectations are basic. Right? We Everton supporters. Do apologise. It's just got really, really noisy in the pub, right? Everton supporters have a basic expectation, right, of effort and fight and commitment, right? And we are not seeing any of that from Everton Football Club right now, across the board. We're not, we're not seeing it from the players. We're not seeing it from the manager. We're not seeing it from the the ones higher up. All we expect. Like we accept no one expects Everton to be a top club in the country, no one expects Everton to be challenging for titles etc, all we want is an Everton team that goes on the pitch and fucking scraps for every single ball right, now love him or loathing and I agree I wouldn't have had him back because I think his style is probably passed on, now even though he's doing all right this season with West Ham, right? Love him or loathe them. David Moyes never put an Everton team on the pitch that didn't fight for every fucking pass, every fucking tackle and every fucking pass, right? He never put a team on the pitch that didn't fight and didn't want to win, right? Since he's left under Martinez, under Koeman, under Silva under Allardyce, under Benitez. We have seen Everton teams that have gone out and have not put in one iota of the effort that a Moyes team, a much less talented Moyes team, put in. And that is why we are where we are now, right? And I'm loath to go along with the whole passion shout because it's, it's very simplistic, but it's... It's the very base is the very least we expect as a support as a fan base the very least we expect as a team that fights and if you want goodison to get behind your team you've got to send them out there to fight for every ball and they don't do that and that is why goodison doesn't get behind them and can you can you blame us as a support for not getting behind a team that won't put in this oh, effort, mate, We've been battered three right. years now. Let's be honest, right? I said, I said this with Moes and Rob on kickabout the other week, right? On the Moes, we had players who were never on the highest of wages. They never had the biggest contracts, right? But they wanted the biggest contracts so they fucking scrapped for the chance to be picked up on a bigger contract, right? Everton Football Club now hand out. Five-year, eighty-hundred grand a year, whatever contracts, right? Like fucking toys in a box of cereal, right? Why would you? Why, why would you expect a player to throw a hundred percent on the line when he knows he's gonna walk home with five million pound a year for doing fuck all? Why are you expecting that from him, right? They're not even looking for it, right? With the odd exception, what I will say, right? I'll say the odd exception, Richardson, right? Richarlison's looking for a bigger club. And fair fucks to him, yeah. because he deserves it. Because he puts in no less than 100% every week, right? And he'll get a big payday from a bigger club, fair enough. But the rest of them, your likes of Awobi and Delph, who's coming to the end of his career, Michael Keane, fucking Townsend... I, I, Col Cole, Right, fair play to Coleman. Coleman puts an effort in, but he's, he's like coming to the end of his career. Alan's another one, isn't Alan, he's is 29 years old and he's fucking moving towards retirement. He's had his big payday, so he's given up. Right? How do you get a team like that to push to be better? You don't. You fucking don't, right? Brentford last week were 1-0 down and he played Rondon for 90 minutes and never brought on one of the young lads off the bench who would have come on, right? They might not be as talented as Rondon. I mean, that's being very fucking generous to Rondon, right? They might not be as talented, but I guarantee they would have come on and they would have chased every fucking ball down. (laughs) Woo! Matt's having a bad time yeah,
2: here. Right. Yeah. I
3: think we're going to have to wrap this up yeah. so we, we can give Matt a big... <laughs> we, right. a big hug. Guys, thank you very much for listening. We're all going to have a big hug. Right. Do you want to do the sign off Go on.
0: <laughs> I, feel,
3: I feel like
0: Keith, right. you have
3: to um, tell him what sign off. That's a lot of pressure, right? Thank you very much for listening to this week's post-batch. We'll be back with you during the week with some more... Um, some more subscription uh, podcasts kick about, kick about. Kick about. will we coming up, we'll have the mailbag at the weekend guys, hang in there it has to get better I promise it has to get better I'm Keith Tomlin, I've been joined this week by Matthew Jones Matthew Flusk and Mark Mosey thank you very much for listening to the post-match reaction to Everton's latest disaster, I love you all Take solace in your loved ones and please pray that it gets better. Up the Toffees, God bless you all. With the new Chevy Silverado, you might be driving
2: in this, but with the Silverado's redesigned interior and large infotainment screens, it'll feel more like this. Introducing the new 2022 Chevy Silverado. Find new upgrades, find new roads. Chevrolet.
1: Sports Social Podcast Network